Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of livehealthy.ae, and this is the livehealthy.ae podcast. Each week, we will interview leaders in the UAE's health and wellness community, and we'll explore topics you read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women. And now it's time to meet this week's guest. So today on the livehealthy.ae podcast, we have Modia Batarji, uh, our first ever return guest. So congratulations. Oh, I'm honored. How exciting. Uh, Modia has written another article for us on resilience. She's a resilience coach. And um, I, this one is, is about, you know, is, it, is, resilient worth, is resilience worth the corporate investment? Is it worth the time that you would uh, put in as an organization to train up your employees? And uh, it sort of struck me. There's a quote in your piece that I really liked by a writer from Inc. Magazine. It's winning companies cultivate cultures that enable their people to develop the capacity capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. And I think we saw that when COVID descended, how some companies had already done that and some had not. And one stark example to me is in education. And I'm not talking about in this part of the world because I don't really know any teachers. But you know, and speaking to my brother and some of my best friends back in Canada, how hard it was for them to pivot. No one knew anything. You know, there was all sorts of unmentionable phrases that they were saying to me about how it went down because I think it was education. People are, you know, more used to just sort of not having much in the way of change. And if they do have it, it's rolled out very well. It's not so much that the the teachers are given that training. So I wondered in COVID, were you sort of watching corporations and companies and seeing how they reacted and thinking about this? Yeah, I think um, with COVID, um, the impact was so prevalent and it was hitting individuals. And I think a personal fear happened in, in each one of us when we forget that these individuals have jobs and they are responsible for organizations. So here you are worried about your own personal health and then your family's health, but then that that translates into your workplace. So um Recovering from that and trying to be strong and trying to uh, act appropriately and thinking of all the losses um, can affect you on a personal level and more so on a on a corporate level, and that could be an institutional. It could be your school, your university, and not as a student, but as a teacher, or as a professor, or as an employee. Um, and I think being human beings, uh, whatever affects us personally, uh, automatically affects us professionally. You know, we're just that kind of being, you know, we don't separate ourselves from the world, even though a lot of people think so and organizations might think, you know, um, I pay my, my employees, but then they don't consider the emotional factors or the personal factors that will come into the business. And um, I experienced that personally with my uh, workplace. So I made sure that um, that salaries were not affected and I you know I explained to them that it might be slow but it's guaranteed I'll make sure even if we're shut down we're going to do our best to make sure that your income is not affected you know I don't have that many employees it's a small organization so I was able to do that uh, just having the conversation investing the time on that 
level and seeing your your constituents as human beings who are affected on a personal level goes so far. You know, it, it makes such a big difference for a corporate function. I saw that in Abu Dhabi. I have friends that work in aviation and I know Etihad, they had some, they their communication, I think, you know, just as an outsider seemed great because they would have these really tough calls every week and the leadership would just say, we don't know. And, you know, those, sal- those employees were on 50% of their salary, um, but they would have the conversation every week and it would hurt all of the staff to get on it. And I know it would hurt the leadership, but I felt like that communication it's just with no communication is what kills us, right? Is when you're Yeah, it's that human touch that makes such a difference. So the reason I wrote the article was because I felt that, um, you know, we all talk about self-development, you know, self-improvement. We read all these books, but then um, we sort of turn that off when it comes to the workplace. And I think uh, with the organization that I was certified through, they do provide corporate uh, packages where they take resilience training or self-improvement further into a person's life, which is, it doesn't end, uh, you know, in your living room, but it also, it, it carries into the way you drive, it carries into the way you work, and the corporations should appreciate that from top to bottom and start investing in, you know, an individual that works for them who might be suffering um, for example, from COVID and investing the time and the training and the self-improvement because it does, it does affect the bottom line on your employees' uh, performance. And not to be negative because, yes, some companies clearly had, were caught out, right? Like they hadn't invested in this kind of thing. But then I was also amazed as personally being a person who felt frozen. You know, things were being cut for me. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm losing that. Like I felt like I was in slow motion. So to watch all these companies, large and small, pivot, and like whether it was turning their factory into a, a, a place that could produce PPE in days or a restaurant that just went, okay, we're going to do completely curbside. I found, I like, I want to cry when I think about all these people that were feeling probably the same way as I did, but didn't breathe, <laughs> you know? They yeah. Had- and those are perfect examples of, of resilience, which is like shifting the, the energy into a positive direction where, you know, you, you maintain survival and you do your best with the effort and energy that you have to 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 succeed in in the best way possible. So it's not necessarily fighting adversity or resisting adversity, but it's the ability to go through it and roll with the punches. That's resilience. And you know, the resilience is is on a corporate level is expressed from the personal level of, of your employees. And um, the investment is so important to have that skill. I mean, when I, when I read more about resilience and think about it, it does seem something like something you should have learned when you were a child. Basically, it seems like parenting. Isn't it it sad that, you know, people in their forties start to think I should invest in my resilience or even be aware (laughs) of it. You know, (laughs) this is something we should teach kids. It's the ability to, um, not overcome, but like I said, like go through adversity or difficulties or, or it's the, some people do it naturally. And I think uh, some people it's beat out of them as kids. We, you know, we teach our kids to, you know, face your difficulties and charge ahead and bang your, your head against the wall. Where in reality, it might be smarter to go around the wall or over the wall or under the wall, you know, cause you could harm yourself with the, with the combative attitude and the charge we don't um, highlight enough <clears throat> the flexibility, a human being's flexibility. That's the part that's amazing. And it seems to me when you talk about corporate training for this stuff, it is 
not a lot, not much different than investing in your own improved life, lifestyle. Like when you give your employees um, mental health awareness training and when you give them um, meditation training, that's the kind of stuff that will help them breathe and exist through stuff rather than freak out. It just seems exactly. like those companies that have been having yoga classes and having seminars and doing this stuff, it's the same thing. I think as a resilience practitioner, um, and the reason I chose to be a resilience practitioner and not a yoga instructor or not a, a life coach or whatever you want to call it was because <laughs> I felt that, I, you know, it was like, really? Okay, so I did yoga for a year, but I, I don't really understand how that directly affect like I needed someone to highlight it and underline how does the yoga impact my life I got you and and for me personally uh yoga failed for me because I, you know I loved my instructors and I loved to improve my meditation skills or my focus skills but I, I wasn't able to translate that into my direct life whereas resilience training they talk about having vision they talk about healthy lifestyle you know we focus on our collaboration skills and our team building skills so that supersedes any yoga class because I'm, I'm talking about the building blocks of myself. Do I collaborate well with people? So I do yoga. I talk about myself with myself internally, but then how does that express externally as a person who's facing adversity when um, I lose a job? Mm -hmm. Or uh, I fail at, you know, my whatever class I was taking, I, you know, I, uh, or, you know, I, I lose a family member, then I'm, I'm what, uh, you know, what I, you know, do a sun salutation. How does that work? You, you, you know, but when you, when you realize that my health is important for my ability to get through this loss and I invest the time in what's important to me, which is a few moments of quiet and contemplation that is investing in my resilience. So as a practitioner, I felt that that was so essential in my communication with my clients in that do your yoga if that improves your health domain. Because in resilience training, we, we talk about these six domains. Uh, maybe it's, it's worth mentioning them in detail. I'll just run through them real quick, which is the first one is vision, which is um, goals, self-worth, and personal values. Second one is your, your tenacity, being optimistic through adverse situations and dealing with ambiguity. Then the third one is health, exercising regularly, eating well, meditating, and so on and so forth, whatever is important for your maintenance of health. And then reasoning. And reasoning is so important because we're so hard on ourselves and being logical and not emotional. But in the resilience uh, training, that domain of reasoning is being able to blend your emotional abilities and being resourceful to adapting to change with your logic skills and your problem solving skills. So we, we, we really focus on reasoning. Am I being reasonable with this option I'm having to, you know, the world? Mm -hmm. And then um, collaboration, working with others, uh, team building, uh, creating networks of support. And then the last one, which is composure. How do I compose myself in adversity? So with resilience training, we, we focus on how the person is and what skills they can do or work on or improve to make themselves a more composed person. What do you do when, when, when you're angry? Do you break something? Do you hold it in and trap your emotions and pretend that you're not so then you don't sleep all night and then that affects your health? So it's really a better investment in oneself and a corporate to uh, a corporation to um, improve 
yourself and and your behavior and so on and so forth. I think that composure one is so ideal because I I'm a freelancer, so I've been out of the workplace for a while, but I know that reactivity, you know, that that ability to just get, put some space between what has happened and how you act on it, it was everything for me in the last couple of years because you know, emails are flying around and people are doing things and you assume they're doing them for nefarious reasons and really no one ever is, I don't think, barely ever. So composure is a huge one. So this, so it's not like sending your employees to a yoga class where you'll sit on your mat and there's also a lot of spiritual bypassing involved in yoga where you don't do work, you know, you just kind of do your sense meditation. It's all these things together. Do you think people, do you think after COVID people, companies are going to be like more, attuned to the fact that they need to invest in this? I don't know if they will, but I think they should. Um, Personally, I've seen more resilient companies um, who do focus on these things do better than companies who haven't. Because without your employees' mental, emotional, and resilient skills, you're you're not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And if they're not dedicated and devoted to their work and to themselves first, you know, maybe they'll hang on for a while, but the the personal impact of such a thing as COVID will 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 impact their professional performance. How about people who've realized through this that they're not in the right company? Like some people have realized they're not in the right relationship. You know, you know, a lot of companies don't invest in stuff like this, and people have ascended into management not really because for any other reason that they were placed at the time that the other person left. You know, I know this mm-hmm. happened in my career in journalism, this is how people advance, right? They're not necessarily great managers. They're just maybe great journalists. And then it just creates a situation where no one's sort of caring or, you know, there's just no sort of structure. Do you think, and what do you do if you're in a place like that and it's not economically feasible, you know, to get another job right now? How do you sort of function in that environment? I think that there needs to be a lot of um, introspection and focusing, really sitting with yourself and being brutally honest with what you think is important to you. Some people have left jobs and decided that they just want to be freelancers and they're okay with not having the financial stability. And and I see that a lot in the younger generation where they're like, yeah, I don't need health insurance. I don't care. You know, the the priorities need to be refocused on and reevaluated. I think each one of us is different. Whether you have kids, you have people that you're responsible for or whether you're just on your own. But I do believe that the profile of life will change. And I do believe that businesses will look different. Uh, people's lifestyles will look different. Our priorities have changed. Now, what are they? I don't know if it's really emerged yet, but there's definitely a huge change. I think COVID has been a blessing to the world. And I think it's one of those things that have impacted each one of us on a personal, professional, community, you know, financial a level that we still don't understand and we still don't don't we haven't it hasn't really unfolded yet because it's still ongoing people are still struggling oh I do know from my own experience not in COVID but still working in a structure that wasn't becoming less right for me you can do this stuff on your own you can do this learning on your own and sort of improve your situation even if the corporation around you isn't there and I was interested when you mentioned this app hello driven it's a resilience app like can you tell me about it yeah, and I, I love this um, organization that I got certified through. They're called Driven, and the app is called Hello Driven. And uh, what you do is you, you know, find a practitioner like myself, and then we sign you up by having an evaluation before. And then your evaluation will determine what your domain 
scores are. So, you know, you score from one to 100 on vision, one to 100 on collaboration and so on and so forth. And then the, the app is artificial intelligence that's designed specifically to your results. So when you sign into the app, you put your email and your password like you would Facebook or Instagram, but then it takes you to daily two minute activities that focus on your weaknesses and improve your strengths. And it's really interesting because at the end, when you take your end, your evaluation at the end of your program, you can see the differences in your, in your scores. And people that I've done that with, you know, like myself say, it was amazing because it was life-changing in just two minutes a day where I was forced to answer some questions by the app that targeted my specific weaknesses. And, you know, if it was collaboration, it would say, do you get angry? Um, how do you express your anger? Think of another possible improved way to express your anger. Just simple questions. And that sort of reprograms your mind and you learn that you have other options besides breaking dishware, you know, and then, <laughs> you, you, you know, you're sitting by yourself with this app and you're not concerned about your performance in front of another person. So it's not necessarily with a therapist, but you have a practitioner like myself where you can bounce questions off, you can have discussions. Um, so the app goes alongside with weekly meetings and, you know, you do the app by yourself, but then your weekly meetings with your practitioner help you, um, focus on that it sounds great on the, sounds oh it's really fun on, honestly you know I have a group that we ended our program about five months ago but we kept our group and we still have discussions and support it's like this long-term support thing who signs up for this like who is in your group what kind of people where are they from I have different kinds of people I have uh, a very loyal listener from the radio when I was on radio so uh, we've become friends and 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 he signed up for this program that I offered on Instagram and um, I have uh, a previous student of mine when I was teaching in the college she signed up and I have just someone who follows me on social media sign up so it's all different people from different walks of life who decided that they wanted to invest in their resilience and, um, and, you know, we use this program through Hello Driven to, to make it more professional and, of course, uh, targeted. So it's not just me rambling off my opinions on people, but there's an actual program <laughs> that we go through. So I want to wrap up by asking how you were resilient this week. Was there something that you could, you could a, an example that you could give where you employed what you teach? Yeah, honestly, I, 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 it, not only this week, but in the past few months, I've put a lot of effort in sleeping early and waking up early because I found that my performance is better even on a personal level. I'm I'm less moody and I'm you know more aware and confident in myself when I sleep around 11 p.m. At least get in bed at 11 p.m. and then I wake up six o'clock really excited and you know happy about life. There's something about the morning light that you know helps me with my resilience. I'm able to get through the day better. And another thing is uh, going on um, long walks. Um, there's something about walking that, you know, the physical, mental, you know, interaction where you're given a few minutes to just really think quietly. Not necessarily think you could just do nothing, but you're walking. And I found that investing in that really, really improved my communication, my, my patience. Um, I tend to dream about traveling and I'm allowing myself to, you know, look at pretty pictures on Instagram. They're like these travel destination 
things and just let myself enjoy those images and share them with other people. Like, oh, we should go here. You know, just being hopeful and thinking about, you know, that this will end one day and we will go back to some kind of normalcy or the new normal. I'm excited about the new normal, actually. I'm trying to be less focused on the past and more focused on this really being a true blessing. Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to think, you know, COVID has been a blessing somehow. And um, yeah, that's how I've been focusing on that. Definitely a reset. Definitely a reset for all of us. Well, listen, Mm -hmm. thank you so much. It's always such a treat to talk to you. Thank you. I'm, you know, more than happy to be a recurrent guest, as you said. (laughs) So yeah, as I write up those articles, I'll send them to you and we can entertain others with the podcast. Amazing. I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Take care. Bye. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the livehealthy.ae podcast.